Alleluia. Wow. I normally, uh, when I travel on the road, I use a handheld all the time, but normally here, I love the freedom of having an ear mic, but it literally just fell apart. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Lord, good. What are you saying? There's got to be something prophetic in everything, right? Upgrade. That's it. Upgrade new season. We've actually had that earpiece microphone since way back when we first started our first Sunday morning service in the warehouse. You're way, way back. It's just absolutely amazing. So uh, it is. It's upgrade time. It's a new season. Uh, from a Jewish calendar perspective, we're actually entering into Rosh Hashanah tonight, which is the ending of a year and moving into a new year. And uh, it's exciting uh, because it means things. Supernaturally, spiritually, uh, we're moving into a year of 5779, um, and uh, there's a whole bunch that goes on uh, with that in this time of the year and season. And for us, here I'm trying to, why does it want my passcode? Thumb. There we go. Thumb. But uh, we're just excited, and we just, we just love to be spontaneous. And if that offends you, then just sit there offended, but uh, hopefully you'll lose offense. But anyways, uh, for our heart, I always tell people, you know, we've been a part of religion. I've been a part, I grew up, I'm five generations of ministry. My parents were missionaries uh, for over 50 years, and my grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents were all part of the ministry. So I grew up with a lot of understanding. I went to seminary four years in a Baptist theological college seminary and a couple other years elsewhere. And I learned a lot of theology, a lot of things, and, and I learned a lot about the Word of God. But one thing I was missing was the Holy Spirit. And, and I'm not saying that that, that other theologies, or I'm sorry, other denominations and different things are wrong. Not in any way. If they believe in the fundamentals of Scripture, we're all going to heaven. We're going to heaven. But I, I know when it was laid onto my heart and my wife's heart that, and God had spoke so clearly, build a center, I knew we needed to build something that was different, but we didn't know what. It's, it's like if, if, if we want to just do church, I know there's 140 churches just in the city of Abbotsford, and they're wonderful churches. But I didn't feel like we were called just to do church. I knew scripture. I know, and I'm like, no, it talks so much about family. And, and so I said on our, on our first Sunday morning meeting, I said to our team, look, let's not promote and advertise. Let's just, let's just be family and learn how to be family. Because if we can learn how to be family, then people that have dysfunction in the world are going to come into a functioning family. And if we can learn that, that's the greatest evangelistic tool we have because then we're actually doing family. But if dysfunction from the world comes into dysfunction in the church, it's an easier dysfunction in the world, I'll be honest with you, than it is the confusion and dysfunction that can happen in a church. And so our heart was not to just do church. Our heart was to do family. We're learning it. We're growing it. We want to welcome you. If this is your home, this is your, fa this is your family. We want, to, we want to cry together. We want to laugh together. We were singing, this is how I fight my battles. What we were actually saying in that song, each time someone got, got dunked in the water, was we were jamming the truth down the devil's throat. Because devil, you're a liar, period. He, devil doesn't know anything on how to do things in a good biblical manner. He knows the Bible inside and out. I have no doubt in my mind. He came from that kingdom. But he's a liar. And he just lies to people. He deceives people. He's a deceiver. And I want to tell you what. I do not want to walk this earth listening to a liar and a deceiver. I want to walk this earth listening to truth that sets me free. Because that truth, this Bible, this word of God, the revelation of the word is how I have freedom on this earth. Because I'm not in a battle. That battle was fought and won through Jesus Christ. 
I actually, the only battle I have is between my ears. It's my mind. Because if we understand with a renewed mind of Jesus Christ, Jesus was not here battling the devil. Jesus came with a two-edged sword to divide good from evil. Well, no, the devil killed him. Actually, man killed him. The devil was just happy. And when Jesus hung on that cross, you could just imagine the devil. Demons are running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These people don't even know who he is. He's getting killed on the cross. And Jesus cries out, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? One moment he felt family-less. One moment he felt maybe abandoned by his father for just a moment. But immediately his next phrase is, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. (sighs) Devil, yeah. Demons, yeah. Disciples, running, weeping. But the devil didn't celebrate long. (laughs) He went from, yeah, to no. Just like that. And when Jesus went in to to take the keys back from the enemy, from the devil, he took the key back, and the devil couldn't resist it. The demons couldn't resist it. Because Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. So if I have Jesus in me, then I can actually walk with a renewed mind of Christ, with the joy of the Lord as my strength. I can walk this earth in victory and not in defeat. In the last Sundays, I've been on a series, I think about six weeks long, on the lifestyle of a worshiper. It wasn't this. This is what I call Praise. I don't believe worship, a lifestyle of worship is a slow song. A lifestyle of worship is something that David had before he was king. A lifestyle of a worshiper is that you worship God in such a level in your life that you know you have the victory. And I was praying about, Lord, what do I share today? And it was on passion. But first of all, I just want Olga just to... Just stand where you are right now. And let's just gather, put your hands out to Olga. She's going off to Bella, Bulgaria on a missions trip. She's leaving Tom here to look after the place, but Olga's running off to Bulgaria for two or three weeks, isn't it? Two and a half weeks. So, Father, this Olga and Tom are some of our elders, so we just bless them. We're missions-minded to the core, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So, Father, bless Olga. Bless her on this trip, the, the, the other lady she's going with, the team that she's being a part of. Bless them. Give them the opportunity for the evangelism of the gospel, Lord God. Give them the opportunity that she can be the mama, the grandma that, that just loves on the kids and loves on the people, Lord Jesus, like she does. And Father, we thank you. Give them safety as she goes through Bulgaria and all the flights getting there and coming back. Just give her safety and the whole team, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Paul and Shauna, can you just stand real quick too? Paul and Shauna, where are you guys? Right here. So just stand. Just put our hands, gather around them. This, this is a sad day for us, but yet a joyful day. Paul and, uh, and Shauna are moving to Vernon. Uh, I think Paul got a job up there. But they're connecting with really good friends of ours. His name's Pastor Brent <laughs> and Jean. They are up in Vernon, and they've already connected, so this is their last Sunday. We just want to send them out with a blessing to their new job. Father, just bless Paul and Sean of the Woods and the kids, Lord Jesus. Bless them safety in their travel. Bless them in their new home up there. Bless them in their new job up there. Bless them in their new family as well, but we're always family because we're connected with that family, so it's all good. So bless them abundantly, we pray 
in Jesus' name. And thank you for the service they did here for evangelism, reaching out, men's group they were involved in leading, uh, just an amazing couple that were serving the ministry of Windward here. And we just want to bless them, release them, and send them out, but we're never letting them go completely. We're still hanging on in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless them. Bless them. So I want to talk to you quickly. Um, I have a feeling that the message I was starting to prepare has gotten longer, and uh, it might come into another, uh, uh, what do we call them? Series. So, the lifestyle of a worshiper. If you haven't heard it, get back on uh, our YouTube or Windward uh, website and listen to it. Um, Passion. I think passion is one of the things that will actually dictate and control our life and actions the most of many things of this earth. And God wants us to love him passionately. You see, it's, it's not about uh, uh, when I said I do to my wife almost 30 years ago. Uh, next month we celebrate 30 years of amazing marriage. Never had an argument, never had a fight, not with perfect. They say you go a little, lose your mind a little bit when you get old and you forget things. But anyways, no, no, I'm just saying... She's amazing. She's the most amazing woman on earth, so I absolutely love her. And, uh, and our kids, just amazing. Our, our son-in-law is amazing, and we're just so excited. But when I said I do to her 30 years ago, I had passion. I had passion when I asked her to marry me. I had passion when I bought that ring and I talked to her dad. I actually talked to her dad and then bought the ring. I had passion to get married not knowing what it was all going to look like. And I have passion to this day. Why? Because passion doesn't come from an emotional feeling. It comes from a choice. But so many people have emotional feelings or need emotional feelings that drives their passion, and that's a problem. Because if emotional feelings drives your passion, then you're going off emotion and not off a choice. And if we just go off emotion all the time, when you're not feeling emotionally good, you feel emotionally bad, your passion dies. Over these next few teachings, I want to talk about some passion killers, some things that actually take out our passion. One of them is an unbalanced schedule. I'm going to talk about that the next time, next, next time I minister. An unused talent, an unconfessed sin, an unresolved conflict, an unsupported lifestyle, an unclear purpose, an undernourished spirit like no family coming together. But today I want to talk to you about reigniting our passion first. The creative force behind all art. I don't know if any of you like art. I, I got into art for a season and I enjoy it. It's amazing what you can see. We have artists, actually professional artists in our congregation. It's amazing what they can draw. And if you literally take the time and just let your mind process what the artist was trying to say, you'll read so much into art. But how does a good painting get drawn? Passion. How about great drama? We have a drama teacher in here. How does great drama happen? It's passion. You, you do not have a good drama teacher that has no passion for drama. How about music? All the great music. Those guys had passion. Well, some of the music I listened to, they probably had too much drugs, but they, they got passion or something. Our worship music, it, it, the writers and creators, Jesus Culture, Bethel Music, all these new bands, uh, uh, they have a passion. Great architecture. You can look at buildings. You can look at, at the architectural designs that people do. They have passion. And some of the great writers of all history, they wrote with passion. This Bible was written with passion. It was the passion of God to get his word into your and my hands. And he used passionate writers that were passionate after God's truth. Nothing great is ever accomplished in life without passion. You don't have passion, probably not living a great life. Nothing great is ever sustained in life without passion. Passion is what energizes life. Passion makes the impossible possible. 
It's a passion. Going after the impossible is what brings the possibilities of God into your situation. But can you imagine if I'm sitting here teaching you, and I'm teaching you with no passion, and you need to listen, be quiet, no laughing, no smiling in the church, people. Forget it. I'm not going to be that kind of a pastor. I'm going to have passion. Why? Because passion is what drives my life. I have so much passion for my Father, God. I have so much passion for my Lord and Savior. I have so much passion for my Holy Spirit that I just want to explode. Boom! Passion gives you a reason to get up in the morning and say, I'm going to do something with my life today. I got up this morning. I didn't sleep all that much last night. I was so wound up. Whoa, baptism, preaching. Whoa, new, whole new light system structures. Amazing. We had a glitch and our backlights just went out. Thank you, everybody who helped put this together. If you're visiting for the first time, it didn't look all like this. But I saw people, my, my daughter, with such passion to actually bring us into the next century. <laughs> and sometimes the older century doesn't like the new century, but that's okay. You know what? I've heard not one complaint from our young people. <laughs> and you're not hearing it from me. I love it. But did you wake up this morning with passion? Oh, I'm going to do something with my life today. Today is going to be so amazing. It's going to be so different. It's going to be awesome. Or did you wake up? Oh, man, do I got to drag myself to church this morning? Well, I understand if you had drunk a Tim Hortons, you lost your passion. If you had a Starbucks, you'd be on fire like I am, but... Without passion, life becomes boring. Without passion, life becomes monotonous. Without passion, life becomes routine. Life becomes dull without passion. God created you with the emotions to have passion in your life, and God wants you to live a passionate lifestyle. Passion is what mobilizes armies to action. Passion is what causes explorers to boldly go where no man's gone before. Passion is what causes scientists to spend late night hours trying to find the cure of dreaded diseases. It's their passion to find a cure. I tell you what, I know the cure. And I'm passionate about him, big H, I am him. Passion is what takes a good athlete and turns him into her, sorry, turns him or her into a great athlete where they're breaking records. It wasn't just the gift, it was the passion with the gift. You've got to have passion in life. One day a man walks up to the Lord Jesus and says, Lord, what's the most important thing in the Bible? And Jesus quotes the greatest commandment. He says, I want you to, to love God with all your heart and soul, and mind, and strength. You see, nothing matters more. Nothing matters more than that passion to love God. That's the number one thing we must have in our life. Jesus says, I want you to love me. Love God passionately. Nothing else matters. God doesn't want you to love him halfway. God, it's kind of like a marriage. My wife doesn't want me to love her half or love quarter, or love a tenth. My wife wants me to love her passionately 100%. And I want my wife to love me passionately 100%. And I love my God passionately 100%. And I know he loves me passionately 100%. And he loves you. I know what my Bible says. And he loves every one of you, everyone on the camera, every one of you. He loves passionately one million percent. He doesn't love your sin, but he's not accusing you and focusing on your wrongs or your faults. 
We're in the new covenant, not old covenant. And Jesus Christ paid that price for all your sin, both past, present, and future. It doesn't give you the right to go sin because I'm already forgiven. That's ridiculous because that's not a passionate Christian lifestyle. But he's passionate for us. Mark chapter 12, Mark 12, verse 28. This is when the scribes, and one scribe in particular came up and asked Jesus something. Verse 28 of Mark 12. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he, Jesus, had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Verse 29, Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord of God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. That word heart is cardia. Where do you think we got the term heart from? Cardiovascular, cardia. In Latin, it's core. It's the core. Love the Lord your God with all your core. Physically, the heart beats. Spiritually, the thoughts and feelings of the mind is your heart. Physically, it's a muscle that pumps blood throughout your body. Spiritually, it's your thoughts and your desires and your passions and your appetites and your affections and your purposes and your endeavors. So let's read that, Mark chapter 30. I'm going to read actually in the message. No need to, to switch screens. In the message Bible, it says, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence and energy. Now, some of us are praying for more intelligence, I understand. Love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence and energy. Mark 12, verse 30 in the Passion Bible. You are to love the Lord Yahweh, your God, with every passion, every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, with every thought that is within you, and with all your strength. This is the great and supreme commandment. In the New King James Version again, and you shall go love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your passion, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment, verse 31. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Like, is that on the Saturday night when I hear their subs going and I'm smelling the smoke waffling onto our property? Is that the neighbors he's talking about? And second like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. But you know who our true neighbors are right now? You're sitting beside them. This family. Look beside you and say, I just passionately love you, neighbor. <laughs> Single boys, settle down. Single girls, settle down. Verse 32. So the scribe said to Jesus, Well said, teacher. You have spoken the truth, for there is one God and there is no other but he. Verse 33, and to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the world's burnt offerings and sacrifices, because this scribe was an old covenant teacher. But you see, he was literally talking to the new covenant deliverer. And it has a whole different pattern that the sacrifices of all are no longer Jesus Christ. He was talking to the Lamb. He was talking to the sacrifice. Verse 34. And now when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. You have old covenant thinking and teaching, but you have new covenant revelation. And you are not far from the kingdom of God. Why? Because of your thoughts, your passions that are in you are bringing truth to you.
But after that, no one dared question Jesus. <laughs> the word passion in Greek is the word heart. God is saying, I want you to put some muscle into it. I need, I need you to put muscle. You have a heart muscle that you pray never stops. It's the one muscle you don't want to strain and stretch and have it quit. You can get a sore jaw and you just go on a fast for a little while. You can get sore arms from dipping people in a baptismal tank, your muscles. But the one muscle you don't want getting sore is this one. And it just keeps going, boom, 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 boom. But the reality is God wants the passion. Let your heart keep beating. But where's your passion? God is saying, I want you to put muscle into it. Put some energy into this. Put some emotion into your relationship with me. Don't be a wimp about your relationship with God. Did he just call me a wimp? Yeah, don't, if you're a wimp, you're a wimp. Just admit it. I didn't call you a wimp. But God's not looking for wimps. He's looking for passionate people. Don't be a namby-pamby person. Oh, tiptoe around God. Don't be half-hearted. Don't. Well, you know, I go to church. I like church. And... I kind of like most of the people, but I get really offended at a majority of them. And you know what? God, I know you're with me, but then I wonder why, if you're ever with me. But I know you're with me, but I'm not really sure. It's a half-hearted lifestyle. That's not what God's looking for. Give everything you got into a passionate relationship with God. Jesus is saying, if you're going to follow me, you've got to do it with passion. You've got to give it some oomph, some spark, some zip, some enthusiasm, some zest. Not the soap. Zest. Do they still make zest soap? I don't know. I used to use it. This truth is all about what God wants us to live is passionately. We must love him passionately. I will guarantee you, if you are married and you don't love your wife passionately, you're going to have a half-hearted or worse relationship. The Bible says that we are to serve and obey God passionately. We are to trust God passionately. If you're not getting the message that I'm bringing, let's turn to Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Colossians 3, verse 23. And whatever you do, do it heartily. That word heartily means passionately. And whatever you do, do it passionately as to the Lord and not to man. If you don't have passion, don't come in here on a Sunday morning and try to show us as leaders how passionate you are. Ah, it doesn't work. That's fake. Fake news. You have a choice to make every day you walk in through that door. You have a choice to make every day you wake up from your bed if you sleep on a bed. You have a choice to make on what is your day going to be. Is it going to be just dull, dundrum, mansy-pansy lifestyle? That's not passion. I wake up every morning. This is a new day. This is the day that the Lord has made. And I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Even though I'm so tired, I wish I didn't have to go to church today. Get behind me, Satan. I'm making this day a day of passion, a day of life, a day of joy, because it's the day the Lord made. And in joy, I'm going to be happy, happy, happy. I feel like, what's that show? Uh, the old guy's down in the south, and he always said, happy, happy, happy. Huh? Duck Dynasty. 
Be happy, happy, happy. As he sucks back his big iced tea. All born-again believers, praise God. God wants you to do everything passionately when it comes to loving him, serving him, loving, living for him. In North America, Canada, United States, it's okay to have passion about anything but God. I will stand on the mountaintops of beautiful British Columbia and I will scream and declare from the mountaintops, my greatest passion is my living Lord and Savior. Oh, but we can have passion. You're okay to have passion. You're just not politically correct all the time to be passionate about God. I tell you what, what kind of a society? To be passionate about God? I don't know, it's not making the fake news websites. We can be passionate about movies. We can be passionate about sports. We can be passionate about politics. We can be passionate about fashions and clothes. I mean, <laughs> clothes. Come up here, Chris. This is my son-in-law. My son. Those are nice shoes. They look good. There's nothing wrong with passionate about things. As long as the things don't overpower God. This is called passion. Have passion in life. It's good. We can be passionate about Chinese food. Yes, God. Ooh, I'm getting hungry. But passionate about God, no way. If you do a search on Amazon.com and you type in a passion for, you will find hundreds of books with that title. There's a book called A Passion for Birds, A Passion for Books. You've got to buy a book to have a passion for books. <laughs> a passion for cactus. A passion for chocolate. A passion for Chinese food. I understand that one. I haven't read it. A passion for fashion, passion for fishing, passion for flying, passion for gardening, passion for golf, passion for hunting. There's even a book called A Passion for Mushrooms. I think that guy was smoking something or eating something to write that book. A passion for needlepoint, a passion for pasta, a passion for ponies. There's a book called A Passion for Potatoes, A Passion for Roses, Passion for Shoes. There's even a book called A Passion for Steam. Steam? Our culture, it's okay to be passionate about anything except your religion. Except your faith. Except your relationship with God. Wow. I know the book that was written before any other author. <laughs> and I'm passionate about the Bible. I can go to a rock concert, a political rally, or a baseball game, and I can shout my head off, Yeah, team! I used to do it for Canucks until they absolutely depressed me. <laughs> way, way back in the 80s in the playoffs, and I spent 150 bucks per ticket. Back in the 80s, that was a lot of money. And they should have won. It's like they handed it away. I just got so, I can't have that passion for them anymore. I can shout. I can get excited. I can get hoarse from yelling so loud with my favorite team uh, or when thousand foot crutches on the platform and I'm like, yeah! When I had longer hair, I get it going. Till I realized I'm aging a bit and my neck, I couldn't get off the pillow the next morning. When my team would lose, I could cry and weep. And nobody thinks that's a big deal. When my team wins, I can jump and dance around and wave my hands in the air. If I do that in a game, people say, he's a real fan. He's a passionate fan. <laughs> I do that in church and people say, he's a fanatic. He's a nutcase. Before, they used to say, he's a nutcase, that long-haired hippie. All gone. 
I still want to flick that hair out of my collar. Don't get too emotional about your faith. People are going to think you're nuts. They're going to think you're turning the world upside down by an emotional faith. Well, let me tell you, I am nuts. Do you want to see me through worldly eyes? You want to see me through religious eyes? Matter of fact, the worldly don't seem to have the problem with it. It's the religious. You want to use religious glasses? Come here. Let me make sure those glasses don't work anymore. I'm just kidding. Take the religious glasses off. Because unless you're looking with the clarity of the eyes of God and the eyes of Jesus and the eyes of the Holy Spirit that are asking for a passionate lifestyle, if you don't have those glasses on, you've got the wrong glasses on. Romans 12, verse 9, starting in verse 9. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 9. It's called Behave Like a Christian. Let love be without hypocrisy. Don't love and then speak badly about that person. Abhor what is evil. That means hate it. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Hang on like your life depends on it because it does. Verse 10, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. That's why you see in this family, we hug each other. I just hugged my son-in-law whose son marriage has brought him as a son into the family. I hugged my daughter this morning. It's her birthday. I, I remember, it's okay if I say your age? I remember 24 years ago, actually 24 years ago, nine months, I started talking to her. <laughs> and I carried on a conversation with her for nine months. Doctors, back then, the ultrasounds weren't as good, but they, they didn't tell you the sex because certain religions would abort certain sex. And so all the nurses and doctors says, it's going to be a boy. We're like, wow, because her heartbeat was slower like a boy, I guess. I don't know. The nurses said, guaranteed, it's going to be a boy. Well, I comforted my wife as she was Looking at me, why did you do this to me? No, I, she didn't. She never said that. She's amazing at bearing children. And I'm in the, in the room, and the doctor comes in, and 18 hours, I think, of labor, because Samantha chose to come out seeing the world right side up. That's called posterior or prostate no posterior that's what it is prostate that's different posterior now I had never seen this before and I'm watching whoa and here's a little bit of her head and then an eye pops out and his one eye is open, and she's looking right at Daddy. And she stole my heart. I had given it to her already because I was learning to be a dad while she was still in the womb. handed me scissors and I'm like is this to take my life? No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. And there's the umbilical cord and 
snapped. And she christened me with a little blood on my t-shirt, a little I went, oh, wow. <laughs> no, I didn't. Imagine the Father, the creator of everything in this universe, God. What he went through watching his son on that cross, he could have stopped it. But he chose not to because he saw you. And I pray today that one eye opens and the other eye opens and you get to see the Father with new eyes of passion. Verse 10 of Romans 12, verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. Verse 11. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Romans 12, verse 11. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. We're called to keep the fires, the fervor, the fires going in our life. It creates a passion. If the fire is burning out, get some more firewood. If the fire is burning out, get some more gasoline, the Holy Spirit upon us. Let's all stand. This is a discipline. It's something that you and I have to maintain in our lives. It's a discipline. It's not automatic. Oh, I'm a Christian now. I have automatic passion. No, but I'll tell you what. Every new believer that truly becomes saved, I have seen them leave with amazing passion. How come when we get older it sometimes dwindles? Because you're not choosing to keep the fervor, the fire going. I want to ask you today, we saw passion today. Because one man chose last night and asked about baptism. Eight people got baptized today. That shows passion. We have to choose it, people. We have to choose it. I have to choose every day that I have chosen a covenant with my wife and I love her and I am not going after a moment of outside covenant passion. Are you kidding me? I'm staying in covenant passion with my wife till death do us part and she can kill me early if she wants. No. Wind of the Holy Spirit on the Word of God creates passion. But you have to choose it. Maybe you came in today the same old, same old. Maybe you're actually sitting in the same seats as you always sit. Whatever. Let me ask you something. Could you choose passion before you leave? Because what's more important is what's right out those doors. What we're doing here is we're just being a big family, learning and growing how to be lovers of God and how to be passionate for Him. You just have to make a choice. It's a choice. Would you be willing today to say, God, I am increasing my passion in my life for you? You know what it does? Those little problems and issues start to fade away. But what does the devil try to rob? He tries to rob passion. And I'm here to hit you over with a baseball bat if that's what it takes to knock us back into the understanding that the devil is a liar and a deceiver 
wants to destroy your passion. He wants you to focus your passion on the sins of this world. And I'm here to tell you, there is no fruit in the sins of the world. And you were created better than the sins of the world. You were created to be sons and to be daughters of the king. You are family. You are the inheritance. You are the princes and the princesses and the kings and queens of this world. That's your call. Any other thing that goes into your mind is a lie of the devil that goes against it. You're done, devil. Finished. You're out. You lose. You've lost, and you're losing my life, devil. You're losing my mind, devil, because my mind is already lost in Christ Jesus. done. I'm not doing up pimpy pansy messages anymore. I'm finished with it. I cut my hair off and I'm going after the fire of God. I, I, I just, we just, we all just cannot be wimps anymore. sons and daughters of the king and the creator of all things you lying deceiving devil I can see you already putting thoughts in people's minds get out of here devil in Jesus name our thoughts and our minds are being renewed in Christ Jesus sicknesses, diseases in any bodies, any pains in these bodies. Go in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Someone needs work. Get the job in Jesus' name. It's there waiting for you. And it's a promotion from the last one. Someone with lower a sciatic nerve or back pain or somewhere in that area I see it being completely healed I see the hand of Jesus on your back right now in Jesus name be healed someone is weeping for a son a wayward son or daughter I just feel like ha, you know what I'm going to command I'm going to speak the commandments of Jesus Christ uh, that you are liberated and set free and your testimony will be the testimony of love to the wayward children Actually, I feel like someone in this house or in the, on TV right now, you need to forgive them right now. Like the father did to the wayward son. He forgave the son before the son was forgivable. It's the same example that God has done with us through Jesus Christ. He forgave you and I before we were even forgivable. And I believe that forgiveness that you're not phoning them up, yapping at them, you're wrong, you're in sin, what are you doing, you know better. But that you actually see him next time, he's wrap your arms around him and love him and hug on him and say, son, daughter, I love you so much because you have to forgive them. Maybe you've had an enemy, maybe someone's been slandering you, maybe someone's been speaking against you. Maybe, uh, I know, I don't Google my name anymore fanatic. Oh, they call me worse. They don't even know me. Unbelievable. But you know what? I forgive them. I love them. Love your enemies. It drives them nuts. It drives the devils right out of them. <laughs> we are not by nature passionate people. You have to choose the passion. That's why the fight is God's passion. You are passion for God or your passion for the enemy. Today's a day of victory. Can we say victory? I want to say, ask you right now, I know we need to close, but I want to ask you, a lot's happened today. A lot. But there's still more. And maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to give you opportunity for that because that's the biggest and best decision you're ever going to make in your life. Maybe you've been backslidden, you've been falling into sin regularly, and you need to just re-give your life to Jesus. Then that's awesome. This is the day to do it. 
because he made this day for you to do it. Maybe you've just been feeling a little bit humdrum, drab in your Christian walk. Well, guess what? You're not to walk out those doors like that. This day was made for you to feel passionate about the Father. And so I'm going to ask you, again, you know, it's interesting. Last Sunday, I called a bunch of people up, and I don't try to get in the habit of it because I don't like habits that aren't God habits. But I feel this is a good habit today. No matter what your situation is, I'm going to ask you, if you want to come up front, there's, there's people that are going to be here to pray. But if you want to come up front, give your life to Jesus, rededicate your life, uh, just say, God, I'm going to be passionate for you. You can do it where you're sitting, but I'm going to encourage you, if you want to come up front, just come up front right now. Just come up front right now. Because I believe something's going to happen. I believe there's something in this house. And I'm not pushing you. I'm not saying you have to. I just, if there's an urging in your spirit, then you know you need to be obedient. Because the greatest passion we can have is first obedience. We have to be obedient with God. We have to be obedient with Him. We have to be obedient with Him. So let's pray as we close. And you can keep on coming. And there's prayer team up here. We'll pray with you if you want prayer as well. Connect with our life groups. That is where we can get really personal with each other, and it's awesome. Father God, we thank you for this glorious day that you have made. And in this glorious day, we rejoice and we celebrate in it. And we thank you, Father, for your passion unwavering passion towards us. You know, his passion never even wavers. Like, it doesn't even change. It's just like beyond our comprehension of passion. And I pray, Father, that we as family, we as Windward family, as a tribe of Windward, whatever we want to call it, I pray, Lord God, that we will be more passionate people. That today we will take passion to our lunches passion to our families, passion to our jobs and our businesses, Father. That we will no longer live a half-hearted lifestyle. That we have chosen today to literally be so passionate that people are going to say you're nuts, but you're nuts in a good way, and I want to know that way. And they're going to see the shifts and changes. And so we commit that, Father, right now in our own lives to be passionately in love with you. To be passionate about the gospel of Jesus Christ, our living Lord and Savior. To be passionate about the Holy Spirit empowering us in life. In Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Amen.